What's up, guys? Welcome to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. I'm Trenton. And I'm Brett. Let's Let's talk. talk. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. I'm one of your hosts, Trenton, alongside of me with Brett. How are we doing tonight, Brett? I'm doing good, man. Glad to be here today. Excited about what we're going to be talking about. And we're just thankful that you guys have tuned in once again. So those of you out there checking us out, let's get the formals out of the way. Make sure you hit us up on whatever social media platform you may be checking this out on. So hit that share button and share it with all your friends. And we are officially on Truth Social now. Well, it's under me, so you'll have to look up at Trenton Cruz, but you can look me up on Truth Social. And I'm on there posting the same stuff I post on Parlor and Gitter and all the other platforms that we're on. So make sure you're hitting us up on social media and hitting that share button with your friends, especially if it's an episode that you think they would be touched by. You'd be doing us a favor and helping us get the gospel out. Also, make sure you're hitting that subscribe button on whatever platform you're checking this out at, whether it's Rumble, YouTube, or you're checking this out on our podcast platform. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. It helps us kind of see who's following, who's going, and I've noticed numbers going up as far as you know things like that go so hopefully that will continue so we've gained a few more countries i guess i need to look at that sometime here again we'll take a look at that on the air make sure you're hitting subscribe also make sure that if you've got something you'd like us to talk about like today's topic on the air which we'll talk about in a second hit us up wait not let's talk at gmail.com that is the email you can send us topics you would like us to discuss or you can hit us up at the voice message link located at the bottom of the description of each and every episode. You can also check us out over at Facebook. Just look up Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. You're going to find us there. Make sure you like that page. And that's because that's where you're going to get all the latest information, all the latest news and everything that we have going on. Not just with Let's Talk, but also a lot of times a lot of church information goes up there as well. You can also check us out at Zapit, X-A-P-I-T. And you'll get all the latest information uh, uh, all the shows and different things that, that will be up there as well. And you can also check us out at nextlevelunity.net if you're looking for some other podcasts or some other things to listen to. That's a good place to go and check out. We'll find a lot of uh, similar type topics, a lot of similar type shows. Uh, we'll be a little bit different, some of it. There'll be some good preaching and good podcasts as well on there. So make sure you head over to nextlevelunity.net. All right, getting into today's show, I want to go ahead and open up once again that June 17th and 18th, we've got our Freedom Conference coming up. Ms. Tasha Hart will be with us at the Friday night, which is June 17th at 7 p.m. And then also Saturday morning is the second day. This year we split up Freedom Conference into two different days. At 10 a.m., we will have Pastor Aaron Boyd of the Spark Church in McClure going to be speaking with us in a workshop on Saturday morning, so make sure you're checking that out. Make sure you put that on your calendar, because at the end of each and every message on Freedom Conference, we always allow 15 minutes worth of Q&A. So if you've got questions that you've been wanting to ask pastors, or even if you've got specific questions for the speakers, you can do that at Freedom Conference. That's one thing that sets it apart, sets it apart and makes it a unique conference all itself is that we give you that opportunity to ask questions 
especially if there's something maybe you've been thinking about or maybe the speaker says something that you got a question about. You can always drop your question in the bucket and we will draw them out at the end. Yeah, looking forward to Freedom Conference. Excited about it because I think there's going to be another shift. We've been seeing every time we do something as a church, God moves in a very specific way that you cannot deny. And it happened with Armor of God, and I believe that it's going to happen with this next one in June, uh, Freedom Conference. So be excited. We hope you guys can come out and hope you can all join us. And also, I guess one more thing we've got coming up. We did get a date for Miss Ivory Yarbrough to do her prophetic or prophecy seminar. And it's probably going to be on Saturday, August 13th. Times have not been scheduled yet, but I'm looking at probably doing something like a 10 and a 1. So it gives you a chance to break for lunch and then come back and she'll give like a second half to it. So uh, we're going to give you better times on that as it approaches. But know this, if you've ever had a hard time understanding prophecy, she is going to lay it all out for you right there in a prophetic seminar. So looking forward to that as well. And of course, we've got Cross Connection coming up later this year which we do now have a full bracket at Cross Connection, so uh, we can talk about that maybe a little bit later But because um, I'd have to think about it. So, But today, we're going to talk about this question. What really happened in the beginning according to the Bible? So if this is a question that you've ever had, and maybe, and Brett just preached on it not too long ago at the church, and uh, talking about that, you know, the sun and stars weren't created until the fourth day. So what was it when God said, let there be light? You know, that's always been one of those really cool topics to think about, you know, the creation. Because my my question is, you know, we know that God is eternal. So what was God doing before one day he decided to, hey, I'm going to create <laughs> the heavens and the earth. What was God doing? What was that like? And, you know, that, that'll that make your brain hurt. <laughs> so we're, we're not going to talk about that too much tonight. But, you know, this the, the whole creation story, the whole, the whole aspect of it and what it was like. And, you know, he was talking about let there be light because the sun wasn't created till the fourth day. So what was this light that was created at, at that time? So I guess we're going to dive into that a little bit tonight. We're going to go a little bit further and talk about some other things tonight. But a lot of cool stuff coming up. I do want to throw out the reference of where we're getting our information today. So if you want to get the book, you can. This is nothing that we've written. We're taking this straight from a book written by Dennis R. Peterson. Peterson spelled with an S-E-N on the end, not an S-O-N. And the book is called Unlocking the Mysteries of Creation. And this is the premiere edition that we're reading out of. I'm not really sure if there's a newer one since I got this because I got this book years ago. But I thought it would be interesting to talk about what was really going on. So really, in order to discuss that particular question, we need to start with when did time begin? So because that's really what is believed was spoken when God, when it, the Bible says in the beginning, God, what was that word beginning and what does it mean? So only God himself is eternal. And so it's reasonable to think that the beginning refers to the beginning of time because most commentaries I've ever read, most of them agree with that statement that when God said, in the, when it's talking about in the beginning and God speaks these things, it began time 
right there because we got to remember and I always like to think of it as like a timeline that you can see laid out before you and you're standing back here like you're God looking at everything on this timeline Mm -hmm. and you can see everything happening you see the beginning from the end and you just intervene whenever you feel like it on the timeline and you just show up and show out which is what God is good at doing and we're seeing a lot of that even nowadays so I always in my own mind that's how I picture it in order to keep that rationalization in my brain because thinking outside of time is something that's a little tougher for us humans to think about (laughs) yeah I'm like you I've always looked at it like I I just picture God standing outside of everything looking at a big open like this huge long tv screen or something where he sees the very end you know the end from the beginning the beginning from the end that's how he sees everything so he's he's watching the whole thing play out but it's already played out <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a hard thing to think about but you know he he sees all of that so we know you know going back to this in the beginning god if you stop right there you're still god's still outside of time we know that God is eternal. He, he's, when he stepped inside of time is whenever Jesus came to the earth. He put himself in man's form and he stepped inside of time. But whenever he's, but whatever it says in the beginning, God created. At that moment, I think that's the moment when time began. And I think that's what we were getting at there at the beginning. But whenever he started to create, whenever he opened his mouth and those words came forth and things begin to have form as you read through the scriptures there, when things begin to have form and we begin to take shape and all of that, that was the beginning of time. And what date that was, you know, scholars have tried to do that for years to try to pinpoint that. But they'll never pinpoint that because there's just really, there, there's no way. But we know, you know, not to jump ahead of ourselves too much, but anything that has a beginning will also someday have an end. And that's where all all of this is leading, is you have to talk about the creation because what has been, it'll be again. You know, you're you're going to see the things replay themselves as we get closer and closer to the end of time. So what did he do? Now, some of this I'm going to just kind of read from this book, and other parts we'll just kind of discuss over it. But there's some interesting stuff here that I believe Dennis Peterson uh, shows here as we read this. And I would encourage you to get the book yourself. I I believe I just looked today because I couldn't find it at first, and I found it. But I believe it was like $32.99 on Amazon I found it. And, of course, there were some that were higher than that. So if you're interested in this book, it's there right now. I don't know if that price will be the same when you look at it because, you know, things are always changing. But he asked the question, what did he do? What did he do when he's created? Because it says he created the heavens and the earth. But what does that even mean? Because the stars weren't made until the fourth day. So what really happened? It's sort of like when you begin a construction project, what do you start with? You start with the basic materials, of course, like lumber, nails, paint. But what raw materials did God provide first? And then he puts this question mark behind this word that you guys are going to be familiar with if you're familiar with science and you've gotten to this study. And some maybe maybe we've got younger listeners that aren't there yet. But he puts the word atoms with a big question mark behind it. Well, what are atoms made of? Well, they're the building blocks building blocks of all physical reality. Atoms are composed essentially of three things, and this is really what we're going to be getting into talking about here today. That is space, matter, and energy. And I like how in this book, because it's a picture. So if you're one of those people that doesn't like to just, 
you know, read black and white books. This is a book full of pictures. It's like you're looking at a history book. I mean, the words are there. There's stuff for you to look at. And if you're like me, and especially when I bought this book, that was easier for me to relate to. Now I, I just love reading, so I just read anything. But but it also will help you if you're one of those type of people. So space, matter, and energy. So what's God do? God says, God creates heavens and the earth, and he's getting ready to say, let there be light. What is he doing? He's creating the building blocks that he's going to need to create everything else that he created creation week. You know, I was just sitting here. I'm looking at Genesis 1. I wanted to open it up so we could just kind of have it here. Uh, verse 2 says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So it's almost like there's nothing, but yet there's something. You know, because we see we see the Spirit of God there, but He's hovering over the face. He's hovering over the face of the waters, but there's it's darkness. There's void. There's there's nothingness. And then as you go into verse three, and then God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. And to me, that's that's one of the most strange things to say, and one of the coolest things to look at in the Scripture, because we know on the fourth day is when the sun and the stars and all that was created. So that's what we as people. I guess would understand as light. The sun comes up, if if that's how you want to say it, and daylight comes, and then it goes down, and then the darkness comes. But something else was being said here. There was something more that was taking place. And I've heard lots of teachers preach on this, and I'm sure Trenton has too. And one of the coolest ones that I had heard, and I know that there's going to be people out there that probably won't agree with this, and that's fine because this is let's talk. That's We're just talking, right? So nothing theological being, you know, <laughs> put down here today. None of us were there. So we <laughs> None of us were there. Sure, so this is but all theory. I heard, uh, I've heard a couple of people say this, is that at that moment when God said, let there be light, is when we, we know that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have always existed co-equally together, you know. But at that moment when God said, let there be light, is whenever Jesus actually stepped out of the Father and became the light that shines in the world because we know that Jesus is the light of the world. So I always, whether that's true or not, or whether that's how it happened or not, I'm not saying that I necessarily agree or disagree. I just think it's kind of a cool concept because we know that Jesus took place in creation. We find that out in the New Testament where, you know, nothing was created without quote it for me if, if you know it, nothing was, everything was created by him without him nothing was made yeah that that's what i'm going for so we know that he took part in this creation and that he was the true light of the world we learned that i believe that's in the book of john that we learned that so whether this is true or not i don't know but i always thought it was a cool concept and god said let there be light and there was light but it was not the s-u-n it's possible that it was the S-O-N. And I have never heard that theory. So see, now we're talking. So, uh, so but I, one thing that I've been, and when I read this book, that's where I kind of leaned with it, is that God created everything sp- that he needed to get started. And then, of course, the verse says, and this, I took some Hebrew in college. So in the beginning, which means right at the start, God created the heavens. Well, what are the heavens? If you look it up, you'll find that the Hebrew word there for heavens is Shemayim, which simply means stretched out space. God even had to make the empty space to put everything in it when you think about that. So, Hmm. so, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know how you could picture that in your mind. I, I think just r- routinely as I was saying that, I thought of like a clay pot that someone creates and then it's just an empty space until they do something with it. 
and then they create more with it. So but that space is also taking up space. So, <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, when you think about it, it, either way, it's a cool thought to think that God. Well, I mean, because here's the thing: I always look at people when they try to separate science and God. I'm like, y'all are crazy because God is the author of science. So anything that's scientific is just us learning how God works. It's how nothing God that we yep. came up with. It's what how did God do it? So and they've never been able to prove anything saying that God doesn't exist or that the Bible didn't happen because everything through history shows us that there is a God and that he did create things and no matter what they end up telling us. But uh, then what? He creates the earth. And the word there for earth is Hebrew word and it's Eretz, which is the word earth. This simply means dirt or matter from which everything else is made. When you think about that, the one that comes to mind, what was the first thing that came to mind when you thought of something being created from dirt? That was us. That was man. But then this is getting at, it's possible that that was placed there so he could create everything else. So, uh, and we're going to talk about that water that he was talking about because it does say the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So it's saying, well, is this really H2O? Well, since there's not yet form in created matter, he says it might be more correct to call it fluid. So whatever it was, it was there, and it's almost like he spoke the clay into existence so that he could start molding it and creating it into everything he wanted it to be. I, I just want to read verse 4 because I'm, I'm still stuck on this light thing. But <laughs> verse 4 says, And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And I, I know that we're talking about like physical creation here, but I keep going to the spiritual aspect the spiritual aspect of this, it's like God separated the light from the darkness. If that really was Jesus that stepped forth, not that he was created because he, he you know, we, we know he was with the Father. He told us that he was with the Father before the beginning, right? So we know that he was with the Father. So and God separated the light from the darkness. What happened? Trenton, what do you think happened at, at that point? There had to be something in the spirit or whether that was in the physical or what exactly that looked like. That was taking place as Jesus stepped forth, if if that is what happened, or if there's another way of looking at that. But what happened? I'm trying to figure out how, how to say this because we don't know exactly everything that took place the way that it took place. Mm-hmm. Was was the darkness, was there evil at that point? Had the fall already happened at that point? Uh, not the fall of man, but the fall of Satan, the fall of Lucifer. You know, was, was had that war that had took place in heaven where he fell? Had that already happened? What did that look like? Was that the reason everything was without form and void? You know, there's there's questions that we don't have answered there that we don't necessarily get from the scripture. But I'm looking at it in the light of that when Jesus, Jesus being the light of the world, had to play some sort of role in this creation, which we know that he did. What did that look like? Whenever he, whenever he said, let there be light, whenever he said that, what did that look like? And where did the darkness go? Where, where did it go at that point? Well, it's getting ready to jump into that. So I want to read this one sentence real quick before we jump right into let there be light. 
It says, beginning with Genesis 1-3, we see God developing a logical sequence of creative acts to change the without form and void condition of the earth. Another thing I think is interesting, and I pointed this out because I started the Bible in 2020 at the church. Off and on, I now am going through the Bible as like a survey. And when I talked about the beginning, you look at the order things were created. If you look at Genesis 1 and you look at how what he started with, well, let there be light. Well, then you look at the... The uh, what was the next expanse in the midst of the waters separate the waters from the waters where he creates the firmament and separating the waters from the land the land is created so now you've got vegetation and you've got the plants so that they can give off carbon or give off oxygen so now he can create animals which give off carbon dioxide to feed the plants I mean when you think about God he always does things in order. And for a reason, and I've looked at other things where they're talking about the specific, even the specific order of creation, there is something unique to the way it was ordered and created. But it says in the the same creative instant, God said, let there be light. Light includes the entire electromagnetic spectrum, not just the narrow band of color we see. And he goes into a whole list of details here. This guy's a scientist and he does his research and he's a creationist. So he's looking at how this could come to be. From shortwave gamma rays to long wave, uh, long radio waves, electromagnetic radiation includes a vast range of frequencies spanning at least 75 octaves. I didn't know that. But visible light occupies only one octave of this range. So what do we have? Well, he's saying when the let there be light was said, we now have energy, which is the final building block when you look at space, matter, and energy with that atom. Now he can physically begin to create and I believe it may even be in this book where it starts talking about the order of creation and how, I mean, there's a lot in here, guys. And I'm like I said, I just recommend that you get it. We're probably going to take some episodes, at least in the future, and look at some more of the stuff that's in this book. But I just, you know, recommend get yourself on some good science. Get yourself onto good, some Christian science, some thought ideas. Once again, this is all theory because none of us were there at the beginning at least to physically remember it, whether we were all with God or not, and then he puts us in place. But whatever it is, we weren't there to see it happen, but Jesus was. And remember Jesus, was it Mark? He said, uh, I saw Lucifer fall from heaven like lightning. Mm. And so he was there when it happened. And that's what's unique about you know, when you look at the religious knuckleheads and the other things that happened and Jesus, hey, I was there. I saw it. I mean, I was there when all this stuff was created. So, but more thoughts? Well, I don't know how far we're wanting to go, but I was just, I was looking down through here. I've been sitting here looking at some of the scripture here. And, you know, we were talking about how the sun wasn't created until the uh, the fourth day, right? But what you find is, if, if I'm reading this correctly, is you find the plants and the vegetation and everything yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed each according to its kind on the earth. So the, the plants need a little something called light. Mm-hmm. But the sun's not created until later. So you got plants that are thriving on the earth. So it, you know how my brain works anyway. <laughs> Trenton does a little bit. <laughs> but it brings me back to this light. Was this light this light that the world had in it whether it was the sun or not because if you read it talks about you know god called the light day and the darkness he called night so and that was the first day so we're seeing something there but what we don't necessarily know for sure is how long each one of these days really were there are some that say it was 24 hour days there's some people that say that was a 
thousand years. I mean, there's different things that people believe about these days. So I'm not going into that. I'm just want to make you aware of that. But is it possible that there was a different type of light before God created the sun that was that was on the that was on the earth? And was it maybe Jesus being the light of the world that was literally putting the light out into everything that was feeding these plants or that was you know, causing all of this thing to happen. Was it his light that was causing the rest of all of this to begin to take place? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Because there's, there's clearly a light, but the Bible doesn't say that the sun was created until later. So whatever this light is, is it must be feeding this vegetation of some sort. Yeah, and he calls this energy. Well, he calls this... Um, so what is that energy, I guess, is maybe the which, question that we're trying to I mean, to he goes on. It says, in an instant, that matter is energized. Basic elements took specific form. Particles were now in motion and operating in time. When physical matter ceases to be, time shall be no more. Uh, it's very simple yet profoundly scientific way. The Genesis account of God's first creative act logically defines the basis of all physical reality, which we said earlier, which is space, matter, and energy. And he says, but there's more. Electromagnetic energy is at the heart of all physical matter. Atoms are held together by complex electric and magnetic forces. Jesus, possibly. What is the force that's invisible to science? We're going to talk about it because he mentions it here, and that's kind of how he ties this particular section up. On these, basically, each section lasts about two pages. Um, I don't think any of them are really outside of that. But he talks about that there's a magnetic and electrical force that provides form and structure. And one one thing you look at, and just in the human beings, remember what do they call those things? They start with in uh, neurochromes or something, where they they they're the shape of a cross, but they hold all of our cells together oh. in our body. So uh, what, what was that? Was it? I mean, I thought it was interesting. Let me just finish this start page here real quick, and then we'll talk some more because it is getting closer to time to close. Man, that episode went quick, but uh, it does say. Electromagnetic energy is at the heart of all physical matter. Atoms are held together by complex electric and magnetic forces providing form and structure to the universe. All chemical elements took form when God said, let there be light. He initiated the physical laws that govern all forms of matter. One of the mysteries, and this is where he gets into, you know, scientists that try to write God out of the equation have no explanation for this. Is what he's getting at. One of the mysteries... One of the mysteries of creation is the amount of energy locked up in the atoms. Man has been able to release some of the energy for use in atomic power plants and atom bombs. But think of the total amount of energy required to put together all physical matter in the universe. For lack of clear evidence, some materialistic thinkers, and this is where he's talking about secular people, have theorized that There must be an invisible thing they call gluons to hold it all together. It seems a miracle of science that the structure of every atom in the universe doesn't fly apart. Now, what they're wanting to call gluons because they're writing God out of the equation, I say that that is probably God and Jesus holding this thing together. Because what does the Bible tell us? And he just gives a quote here from Colossians 1, 16 and 17. And I don't think it's the full two verses, but it says, All things were created by him, talking about Jesus, and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. 
or hold together. That's Colossians 1, 16 and 17. Now, if this is God and Jesus holding this stuff together, Colossians has just told us, hey, that thing you're calling a glue on, that's me. Mm-hmm. I'm here. It's it's God, and I'm the one holding this thing. You found that thing? Go ahead. What did you find? Yeah, well, he was talking about the thing that holds us, holds our bodies. It's like our skin. It's what we're made up of, I guess, our, our whole structure as humans. It's called laminin, L-A-M-I-N-I-N. And basically what it is, is, I was trying to look it up here, but basically laminin is a protein that is part of a extracellular matrix in humans and animals. The extracellular matrix lies outside of cells and provides support and attachment for cells inside organs along with many other functions. Hmm. So basically it's got other functions, but it's what holds us together. And what's cool about it, is the very thing that holds us together looks just like a cross. So laminin, when you look at it under a microscope, it looks exactly like a cross. So the thing that holds us together is what Jesus did on the cross. You know, he died so that we could have life and life more abundantly. So it's, you know, I wanted to say this a while ago. I know we're, we're getting close to the end of the no, show. But everybody is screaming right now trust the science trust the science trust the science and i love what trenton said it's god is the science he, he god, god has created everything if he is a creation of everything then there's no science that god is not a part of so when they're screaming trust the science they have no idea that they're really saying that they that they trust what god <laughs> god has god has done mm-hmm. because you can't trust man's science because man's science is always going to be flawed because they're going to look for an explanation outside of god but when you trust real science and you read the scripture you'll see that the things that god has set in motion and the things that god said he did they're finding out more and more and more every single day that the scriptures have revealed this to us thousands of years ago. It's all right there, and all we have to do is look. So trust the science, yeah, but trust that God is behind the science, the true science of it all. So next time you hear somebody scream, trust the science, you look at them and say, I do. (laughs) I trust Mm. God. (laughs) So you need to trust the science. Yeah, so, I mean... And like I said, I mean, science is just us catching up to what God's already done. So, and it's been happening that way for years. They don't really know what holds the atoms together. What keeps the universe held together? They've made up this thing they call a gluon because they have no explanation. I thought that's what was interesting. With all this tech and the stuff they claim they've got and man's knowledge they claim they have without God, those that are claiming that, they can't explain what holds it all together. You know, some interesting stuff. And I think this is all in this book. They talked about the cells. How come each cell, every cell is exactly the same. So how does a fingernail cell know it's a fingernail and not a nose? Mm-hmm. And how does a nose cell? What is all eyeball, this? that make? And they have no explanation. Man has no explanation of what holds it together. But I like how he said it because it seems the miracle of science, he says, is that the structure of every atom in the universe doesn't fly apart. How come it doesn't fly apart? Something is holding it together. And then science wants to call it gluons, but really, I think we're looking more at God. God is holding it all together. He mm. built it. He created it. 
And he's the one that's keeping it all together. He's the one that's keeping it all in order and working. And these theories that they come up with when they figure out, huh, well, this can't, you know, something can't be created out of nothing. Well, if you write God out of the equation, not, well, then how did we get created? Where did everything come from? You've got to include God. And that's why even some of the world's greatest atheists, like Anthony Flew, died admitting there has to be a God. He didn't know which one it was, but there has to be some sort of a supernatural being that is holding it all together and making it all work. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. And this is what would drive a secular scientist mad because they're writing God out of the equation and they never can explain how things were created. They can't explain what's the matter. So what do they do? They just say, well, it doesn't really matter. Let's just ignore that. Let's just because we can't explain it, so we're just gonna. It doesn't matter how it was created; it's that it was. So, uh, but you know, to this day, they've never still been able to create something from nothing in mm-hmm. all of their scientific experiments. So, how did this universe come? Well, the Bible says, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God said, let there be light, and God put all this together.' So." I mean, the only ones that really need to give us an explanation if they think there's no God is them. I, I don't have to explain anything. God made it. I don't know how for sure he did it. I'll ask him when I get there. But know this. God is very real. And just through the miracles we're seeing nowadays, you know, it's evident and it's becoming more and more evident that God is real, that what Jesus did was for us. So we encourage you, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, to ask him into your heart. Receive him. Repent. And be born again, and God will begin to show you things. That being said, questions, thoughts, hit us up. Wait.letstalk at gmail.com is the email, or you can hit us up at the voice message link located at the bottom of the description of each and every episode. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe button and that share button and helping us get the word out. If you enjoyed this show, hey, let us know because we are looking to do more things like this in the future, whether we're talking about things going on in the world, whether we're talking about archaeology, whether we're talking more about the science and how things were created, whatever it is, we're looking to probably do some more stuff because that's what we're here for. We're here to talk. So let's talk about some of these things and just get it out of the bag and understand and go into it with an understanding that this is all theory. None of us know for sure, but we do know that the Bible said in the beginning, and if we believe that is the word of God, then... You either believe it all or you don't believe any of it. So go ahead, Brett. What you got? See you next time, guys. I was just thinking uh, the book of Job, if I remember correctly, there's a lot of scientific things that they have found in the book of Job that, I mean, that's the oldest book in the Bible. So you, what, three, four thousand years, something like that. They're, They're estimating somewhere around there for the book of Job. So there's a lot of scientific things in there, and the only one one that's coming to mind, and I can't remember the exact way it's quoted, but basically it talks about how the Earth is just basically hanging there, and the sky, you know, hanging there in, mm-hmm. in space or whatever. And, you know, it was so many thousands of years later that they actually discovered, oh, look, we're just a big blue ball floating out in space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, well, how how, how did they know that 4,000 years ago? You know, Job's sitting there hanging out, with, just looking up at the stars or whatever. But yeah, there's a lot of scientific things in there. Go go read Job and uh, maybe Psalms, go, Proverbs. There's go, lots of stuff. Go Google some things about creation, and you'll you'll find some really cool information that the Bible knew long before we we ever did. So it's like Trent said, we're not fine. God's already done everything. He, he's already created everything. Everything is in the Word, and you're going to be fascinated by the things you find in the Word.
So. That brings me to another point, which I don't want to go into real quick. But when Newton created gravity, well, what is gravity? Well, he didn't it's create a, gravity. Well, I mean, came up with <laughs> the you know the laws of in the law of gravity and how he called it gravity when things are really we can't see that either. So. Hey, gravity gets back to God. If you think about it, what's holding the? Well, what do they say that's keeping the Earth in its orbit? It's the gravity of the Sun pulling on it. So, it gets back to that more of a God thing holding it all together. But everything's perfectly placed. If, if, if anything was like a degree off in any direction, we'd be flying. We'd fly off into space. But everything is perfectly put there. And I just don't understand how people think that happens by accident. Nothing happens. By accident. I mean, it's designed. It's designed perfectly. It's just like a building. Someone designs a building, and then you watch the building begin to go up. You know that somebody's building that building, and as the building goes up and the building is finished, you know that it had a builder, and you know that it, it's being perfectly put there in the place that it was put there for that particular reason it was put there. It's the same way with the earth. We're seeing everything play out exactly the way God said it would play out. You just have to stop being so arrogant as to believe that there may be somebody, something out there, a creator out there that is smarter than you. We have to stop being arrogant people and realize that we are not the end-all, be-all. God is the end-all, <laughs> the end-all, be-all. So with that said, guys, I guess we'll go ahead and close. Thank you so much for watching. And check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Zappit. And remember to hang, check out uh, nextlevelfreedomchurch.com and nextlevelunity.com. Net. So, I think that's all of them. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, and we pray, Lord, for the study tonight, Lord, that it'll go out over the internet, God, and be what you intended it to be. Bless the people, and bless us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you were blessed and inspired by the content. Do us a favor, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already, tell a friend, and share this on social media. We would love to share the good news with as many people as possible. We'd also love to hear from you. If you have topics you would like us to discuss on the air, you want to give a shout out, or maybe you just want to say hi, click on the message button below and let us know what's on your mind. Thank you for tuning in. God bless, and we'll see you next time.